What's going on, everybody? Welcome back, and welcome to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Sean and I had our NFL extravaganza to wrap up the regular season of the 2018 football year. So first, we recapped our picks from this year. I think you guys can guess who won that bet. Still looking for guesses on the bet. Anything you want to shoot an email to, sorry, sports at yahoo.com. After that, we did our final AFC and NFC takeaways. Then we went over individually the Jets and the Giants season and what we expect from them in the offseason. Following that, we talked about the NFL coach firings, whether it was deserving or not, and just our opinions on it. And after that, we made some wild card picks and previewed the games. We'll be back on Monday with our normal rundown pod. Enjoy the games and enjoy this podcast, guys. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here on a Wednesday. The regular season is over. There is a lot of NFL to get into. Playoffs right around the corner, coaching news, everything. And we're going to give it all to you today. Tom, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I, uh finish off the season strong when it comes to picks we're going to recap those starting off the pod because i'm sure that's what everybody is anticipating we will make some playoff picks but why would we count. make them wait this is obviously the news they exactly want. it won't count towards the picks uh before we jump into our recap i did go for an all last week first in time anyone went for an all that is finishing strong finish real strong i'll definitely mention that when we talk about my actual <laughs> full record um so let's jump right in. Why not? Let's so bet still not confirmed whether I'm doing one of those um, freezing for reasons. I don't know. That's really up to you guys and Sean. I mean, Sean did beat me this year. So the inaugural. Know. Sorry, yeah, the inaugural year. Um, Sean did beat me. So listen, I'm gonna leave it up to him and you guys. And um, I lost. So whatever you guys want to do. I'm a man of my word. We shook hands on this day one. So. Whatever wants to be done. So Sean went 35-33 and 33 out of 68 games. So we picked four a week, even though there was bye weeks during the, our regular uh, local season. We still picked games that week. I believe we picked the Monday night game. <clears throat> I'm a little choked up here because uh, I it's lost. It's very but, emotional time. Uh, so Sean went 35-33, and 33, above 500. Good job by you, buddy boy. Thanks, pal. Uh, I'm proud of you. And then <laughs> I went. I went 30 and 38. Now I I got off to an abysmal start. There's two 0 and fours in there. But listen, if you guys don't remember, and Sean's already told me because I mentioned to him before the pod, he's going to be upset about this. Week 15, when I made my first winning sperm bank pick of the week. Before I did that, before let me highlight that, I said I'm going to take Again. it serious. The rest of this time, I'm going to look at the spread and I'm going to study. Since then, cashing in all three sperm bank pick of the weeks, my total record from week 15 on, 9-3. and three. And I know that doesn't count for anything, and I know I'm still overall a loser. But <laughs> when I take things serious, I'm serious. All right, guys? 9-3 and three since I said I was going to take this serious. So you guys can book that. But Sean won the bet. It was, a, it was a fun and interesting football season. A lot went on on and off the field, and... I'm glad it's over as a Jets fan. I can look forward to the real season for the Jets. That's the off season. Isn't how that it's always so been. putrid? That's how the Giants um, have been too, man. Right there with you. It sucks. Listen, it was fun, and, and I'm excited to watch some playoffs. Me too, man. And, and everybody listening, think nine and three since he started taking it seriously. 
Imagine what he could give you next year. When I take everything When he takes serious. everything seriously. When I put my mind to it, I can do it. I guess I proved that to myself from week 15 on. So. And that's really all that matters. So let's go. go into the next. Let's talk about all the games from week 17. This is the last week you have to hear about all the games that don't have uh, a lot of importance. But yeah, you know what? pods will be a little bit shorter. Just a little bit. Um but it's the NFL, and we know we're going to go into the offseason where our, we probably just keep an NFL pod going, knowing how yeah, maybe so. crazy the offseason is. But regardless, well, that'll be figured out another time. We're going to start in the AFC, and we're going to talk about, real quick, I thought this was pretty pretty important, especially for this franchise that's gone through a lot of issues, even more so than our local teams of late. The Buffalo Bills end the regular season in good fashion. Josh Allen closes out his rookie campaign, putting up 42 points on the Miami Dolphins. Kiko Alonso was uh, kicked out of the game for targeting. Uh, stop me when you've heard that before. Wow. Um, that was a really encouraging way for the Buffalo Bills to uh, to finish everything up. I mean, I think, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but I think they they believe they found their guy in Josh Allen. Yeah, I definitely think so too, although we've seen quarterbacks fizzle out quick. Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston and whatnot. Both still starting in the league, though. Both still starting in the league, and I think this guy had a really good rookie season giving the tools, I guess you would say, around him between the offensive line, the running game with Shady McCoy being out three-quarters of the season. and Guys retiring at halftime. As Will reference being J- Zay Jones. So Yeah. I mean... I think it was a pretty good year for the Bills, judging by what they had, and they're going to have a pretty good draft pick. Yeah, they are. I think this was a good year for them. I mean, they, they took a chance on Allen. Uh, he did set the rookie record for rushing yards by a quarterback in the season, surpassing Michael Vick. So that wow. that was a big deal. Um, that is a big deal. And I think they found. I think they believe they found their guy, which it's been a long time um, since, since they could Jim say Kelly, that. Jim Kelly, probably. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, yeah, so that is a long time. Um, yep. On the Dolphins. It led to them firing Adam Gase, which we'll talk about later when we go over all the coaching. Yes, um, their quarterback is mediocre. Uh, That team is very mediocre. And we were saying, even when they were in playoff contention, could this feel like less of a playoff team? If we thought the Texans felt like not like a playoff team, wow. I mean, the Dolphins just were not that. And they've been kind of stuck in this point. They haven't sucked, but they've just been very mediocre. Um, the Bills look like they were able to finally get their guy with their bad pick, and they're going to have another one to add to that uh, add to that roster, which they desperately need to um, definitely. Bolster. And you so, spoke on the Texans, so let's move on to this game. They clinched the AFC South with a W over the Jacksonville Jaguars, who actually started Blake Bortles in this game. Started Blake Bortles. Supposedly there was a story where he went into the the huddle and said, "All right, guys, I'm back." And I'm sure there was a lot of <laughs> chuckles from from his respective teammates and tears. Um, Leonard Fournette getting himself into uh, some uh, some trouble. T.J. Yeldon too. Yeah, and just uh, fucking around, getting reamed out by Tom Coughlin. But I mean, come on, this team had what five wins, four wins. So I I don't know. That team's got a lot of thinking to do. They owe Blake Bortles a hell of a lot of guaranteed money, as well as a lot of money that's going to hit the cap. We'll see how that one goes. I I could see Joe Flacco being there next year. Maybe Nick Foles. Maybe Nick Foles. Who knows if the Eagles hold on to him. Maybe Carson Wentz. Ooh. I don't know. We'll see what kind of run Nick Foles make. We'll talk about that in our playoff preview. Um, As for the team that actually made the playoffs, a win's a win, and and I'm glad they got some momentum going in. 
I don't really like the matchup that they're going into against Indianapolis. Yeah, third time they're playing each other this year, and this one's going to be in Houston for the <clears> second time. Yeah, and uh, I believe that's Saturday night. That's the, sa- no, the first no, sorry, Saturday. Game. That's the first Saturday game. I forgot is that is the Houston Texans invitation. I was just going to say um, Cincinnati Bengals kind of hold that one as well when they actually make the playoffs. <laughs> gonna, but, well, they've played each other in that time yes, slot several um, times, but. Listen, they keep winning, and and you said we didn't know if they were a playoff team. Well, clearly they were. They won their division, and and they won what nine straight games. So yeah, they had a they had a really good year. Um, and we'll see what they can do come uh come Saturday afternoon against the Colts. Those two teams are very familiar with each other. Um, real quick, were you surprised that Marone got to keep his job? I know they let go some coordinators. Um, but Marone's no, keeping I think his job. Marone's Marone's a good head coach. And I think they're going to keep rolling him out there, and I think he, Coughlin really likes him. I think it's a player personnel uh, issue there. Clearly, there's a lot yeah. of me-first guys. I see a lot of Steelers in them, although the Steelers have more talent when it comes to a uh, player attitude type thing. I, I see a lot of the Pittsburgh Steelers in them, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I totally echo that. Um, that's dysfunction written all over it. I got that pick wrong, happily to admit that uh, – that was not a good pick by me predicting hey, listen, another playoff team. But Get them all wrong. I think you beat me. So what's, what's really interesting, though, is uh, is I'm, I can't wait to see what they do with Bortles. I mean, we're, we're speculating on certain quarterbacks that could come via free agency or trade. There's really nothing out there as far as free agent quarterbacks are concerned. Very mediocre, but they're better than Blake Bortles. And under the question, are they willing to flush all that money down the toilet just to not have him there? I think you have to because if you're going to intend on keeping guys like Fournette, Yeldon, guys like uh, Jalen Ramsey around that team, there's no way that you can start a season with, I don't even think him starting, him even being in the locker room. Clearly, well, they already they can't look do like it. they're getting there with blowing it up because they traded that first-round pick, his name deceives me, to the um, to the Rams earlier in the year, the defensive tackle or the defensive end. So, I don't know. They could be blowing things up. Yeah, I think they need an... Is Campbell or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they need an entire... Oh, you're talking about Fowler Jr. Fowler, yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah. Don, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dante Fowler Jr. Um... Yeah, clearly it's a culture issue there, like you spoke about with Pittsburgh, and we'll really get into them when their time comes. But not a good situation down there in Jacksonville. Houston, they're going to host a playoff game, and uh, we'll see what happens come Saturday at 4.30. Moving on down the line, the Chiefs secured the number one seed in the AFC with a convincing 35-3 to win over the Gruden's Raiders. Gruden going out in style with a blowout loss it was in their best interest to lose that game and it looks like they didn't even make an effort Derek Carr was pathetic in this game yeah and I think the questions a- that are that are left to be had are, are is the Chiefs defense good enough for them to be able to win in the playoffs although I heard a stat today on a podcast that I think the I think the number one seeds are pretty much undefeated since 2012 and going or, or the home team is undefeated in football I since, can see that since 2012 in the playoffs or something like that so well the I mean that's pretty crazy so them having the number one seed is definitely huge for them and if the Chargers if the Chargers don't make it to the to the Super Bowl and the Saints somehow don't make it I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I want Andy Reid to finally get one and everybody can stop saying that he's not a great coach um we'll have to see with the Chiefs I don't really think they showed me much here they beat up on the Raiders the other question I have is Derek Carr their quarterback next year I don't think he is I think that they're I don't know whether they're going to draft one or trade for one um they got a lot of equity they also have a second round and again definitely trade up he's making a lot of money though like I don't think he is simply just because you can tell that there's disdain between Gruden and Carr but 
man, I don't know. That's a that's a lot more money than Bortles even to get rid of. And yep. and the and the one thing the Raiders do is they do not just give up on money. So when you already got a coach making a hundred million dollars. 90 million more after this year for nine years. And now you've got your quarterback who you've got a huge bank account, you know, dedicated to that's going to be really hard to do. As for the chiefs, I thought that was an important win to win in that fashion because you want momentum heading into the bye. When we talk about the page or when we talk about the Patriots, it was the same for them beat up on a vastly inferior opponent. Division rival always feels good. And, you know, there's kind of this idea that the chiefs have this remarkable home field advantage and, I got to tell you, man, does everybody forget that they lost to the Tennessee Titans at home last year and blew that game when Marcus Mariota threw a touchdown pass to himself? I mean, they lost to Pittsburgh the the year before in Arrowhead on a freezing cold evening. I mean, they haven't they haven't won a playoff game since I think Joe Montana played in 1992. So they, they're they not this illustrious team with this ridiculous home field advantage, at least in my eyes. And they're going to play the winner of Baltimore-Los Angeles. And Los Angeles has beaten them in Arrowhead this year on that Thursday night game, Tom's first sperm bank victory. Yep. And if it wasn't for two miraculous Patrick Mahomes fourth and nine and fourth and fourth, fourth and four conversions, the Ravens would have beaten them in Arrowhead a couple weeks ago. So... I don't think this is a sure thing by any stretch, but you feel a little bit better about them now heading into their bye before they await the winner of that Chargers and Ravens game. Moving on down the line, speaking of those Chargers, they close out the regular season in Denver. Take care of business, winning 23-9. to Vance Joseph era in uh, Denver is over after two years. I think this was, again, man, go on the road, win a game. You, you, you unfortunately for them, have to fly across play a you know 10 a.m body clock time game on sunday in baltimore but good win for them finish off i think anytime you finish off the season with a victory it feels good doesn't it yeah absolutely i mean that momentum carried them over they're a wild card team so i think that they need to get that win under their belt and start feeling themselves again um they were a little bit down after after that chiefs win so listen i mean I think that this team is one of the most talented teams going into the playoffs. And again, I'm rooting for them hard. I picked them to go to the pl- to the Super Bowl, so I'm really hoping that they win out and and then lose in the Super Bowl subsequently. But they have the talent. The Saints. By by, I mean, but the thing is, they kind of go as Keenan Allen goes. And if that hip thing is a little more serious than him and the team are, are leading on, then that one's going to be really tough because he's one of the best wide receivers in football. But we'll have to see how that game goes, and we'll definitely preview it a little bit later. Oh, for sure. Lock in, guys. This is this is a this is a comprehensive podcast. Um, so we're going to move on down. This is when the game started getting really fun. And as much as we should on the NFL, I want to take a quick moment to actually commend them on their scheduling for Week 17. They played a lot of the really important games simultaneously, so there couldn't be any personnel decisions to sit guys. They wanted it as competitive as possible, and they wanted as many eyeballs on the Red Zone channel and the national games as they could, and they certainly got that. The Ravens held a home game at 4.05, against the Browns trying to play spoiler. And, man, the Ravens held on 26-24. That game was so close. Yep. Baker Mayfield breaks the rookie touchdown record only playing what? What was it? 15 and a half games? Yeah, he came in mid-week three. Yeah. What is that? 
Yeah, so 14, 14 and, and a half. half yeah. There's the math for you. <laughs> I already did plenty of math calculating those picks, so give me a break. But, yeah, I mean, Baker had an electric season for the Browns, and they got to be kicking themselves saying, God damn it, if we just didn't start the season with Hugh, we'd probably be a playoff and team. And Tyrod. Yeah, and looking ahead to this team with the cap space that they have and the talent, they're going to be a really sexy job, and they're projected to to be a Super Bowl contender in 2021, 2022. Which is a little, which is a little bit much for me. But I, I would think pump the brakes as well. Playoff team for sure. Yeah, no, I think they make the playoffs next year. I'm putting it on wax that if they get the right guy in there, I think that they're going to make the playoffs next year for sure. That's a very vulnerable division. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Dalton coming off an injury, whatever he's got going on. Who knows if the if uh, Cincinnati just blows the whole damn thing up. And then who else you got in there? Yeah, Pittsburgh. dysfunction in Pittsburgh, but Baltimore looks good, especially with Lamar Jackson. And, and talking about them, since they did win the AFC North with this victory, they're hosting a home game. And I tell you, I give John Harbaugh so much credit because he knew his job was kind of on the line. He got a little bit of a break with Joe Flacco being hurt, so he had to play Lamar. But you could see that team just has a different identity to them now. They're, not, you know, Lamar is a little turnover prone, but not because they put him in possible in opportunities to really screw up. He just needs to hold on to the ball a little bit more. But they control the clock. Running game's good. The defense is stout. This is a classic Ravens defense, as we articulated last week. I really like watching them play, and the fact they got a home game is huge. They win the North. And Harbaugh at least got extended for one more year, rightfully so. Ballsy move, keeping Lamar in when you have a Super Bowl winner. Worked out for him but right it worked there. out for him for sure. Really, really fun game. And at the same time as this was going on, the Pittsburgh Steelers were hosting Jeff Driscoll's Cincinnati Bengals. And man, the Steelers could not have looked worse. They did hold on to win 16 13, and their game finished before the conclusion of the crazy ending in Baltimore and you saw all the players and fans watching it on the Jumbotron only to be erupt into tears as as the uh, as the Ravens won. I don't care. They did it to themselves. Of course they did. Of course they did. They shot themselves in the foot how many times down the stretch? Yeah. And Roethlisberger deserves a lot of shit. And then the Titans went. ruined me getting a perfect AFC playoff picture and I just want to say fuck you guys for that. There you go. Unbelievable, but I, I mean, Big Ben, this team's got too much drama going on. Antonio Brown, did he even play in this game? I, I don't I believe he, he did. He, um, I mean, he I sat out practice all week. I know that for a fact. Got into it with Big Ben and supposedly everybody else. I don't know. This team, I mean, listen, I know they owe Antonio Brown a lot of money whether or not they trade him, and I know they owe Big Ben a lot of money whether or not they trade him or cut him. I would blow it up, quite honestly. I think you can. I mean, I think there's been enough – pointing to previous situations like this that it never worked trying to keep a band like that together. First of all, Roethlisberger, I know we've talked about it and why he doesn't get so much shit as much as a guy like Eli because he's in the playoffs every year. But I tell you, he I is... I think he's he, getting, feeling a little bit more heat singular, He was the singular reason they didn't make the playoffs because if you look at that game in Jacksonville, I know they won it, but he was abysmal. Bad Ben is really bad. He threw that horrendous pick in the end zone in the Denver game. He lost at Oakland. And then, you know, they beat the Patriots. And then they go out and they... Even though they won this game... I mean, it was they were so bad. And don't forget about that collapse they had when the Chargers started going on their run on a Sunday night in Pittsburgh in November. That's usually when Pittsburgh's rolling, not to be. So they lost a lot of bad games late. Roethlisberger with a boatload of turnovers, the drama as you spoke to. 
lots of issues there in Pittsburgh. It's going to be quite the interesting offseason in the Steel City. Absolutely. I'd really be it's I think you can I could think you can really only go two ways with this. You can either blow the whole damn thing up, get rid of Tomlin, although I think he's been a pretty damn good coach. Get rid of the GM, whoever that is, and you just blow the whole team up or you go the other way and you run it back. I don't think there's any in between. I don't think there is either, man. I, and I knowing them, and just because that's an organization that they're going to turn over, they're going to run it back because they're going to they're going to fool themselves with the talent. They're going to say there's just too much talent on this team to 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 not worry about it. And it started with the whole Levy on I mean, Bell just situation. Just the fact that they haven't made a Super Bowl with Big Ben, Levy on Bell, and Antonio Brown. Period. And when Shazier was healthy, it's just a travesty. It really is, dude. They have lost playoff games to Blake Bortles at home. They've lost to the Patriots, which is no big deal. But they've had some horrific Tim losses. Tebow. Tim Tebow in Denver. I mean, dating back to 2011, they've really had a, a, a great deal of struggles um, when they do make the playoffs. So this is not The a second team. wave of Big Ben's career has not been good for his Hall of Fame highlight no, reel. We'll put it to you that way. Absolutely not. And after Tomlin started his, his career off with a Super Bowl within his first five years... Um, Actually, within his first three, and then a second Super Bowl appearance when they lost to the Packers, he's gone downhill. But I still think he's a great coach. They'll figure it out. I mean, whether it's with him blowing up the roster, whatever. The last game in the AFC was the nightcap. Everybody wanted to see Andrew Luck go in and face Blaine Gabbert. This oh, was yeah. eventually not for the AFC South, despite the NFL's best ep- attempt to have that happen. I hope, I think, you know, if you gave them truth serum, they would wish that the Texans had lost to the Jaguars. But this was still a game to decide the wild card, the final wild card in the AFC. And the Colts took it to them. Uh, that was another sperm bank pick by you. Very well done. I also Thank picked you. that game. And um, Tennessee's going home. Who knows what's going to happen with Mariota, and the Colts are going to as, Houston. Listen, as selfishly as I wanted the Titans to make the playoffs just to be right, and obviously the Steelers as well, I'd much rather see the Colts in the playoffs. There's going to be much more fun. Yeah, I think I think that, that, was, that they'll at least give Houston a much better game than Blaine Gabbert's Titans would. I think we can absolutely agree on that. Absolutely. So let, let's move on to our NFC takeaways for the final time this season until next year. So the Lions beat the pa- beat the Packers 31 to nothing in Lambeau. Rodgers left with a bar quote injury. Um, there wasn't much to say about this. No, a, a team that gave up and, and obviously showed that they have no talent. They made an announcement that Joe Philbin will not be back. And that's not much of a surprise. Shocker. Right. And uh, let the Lions have one win to finish off the season, allowing them, who are they're kind of the NFC version of the uh, Bengals, in my opinion, and let Matty P and and Matt Stafford think that they got some momentum heading into next year, and they'll now you know that what, the be right where they are again. Yes, and now that the regular season's over, I think we can say that this podcast was pretty right about Matt Patricia. Yes, I think we were both on the same page. Yes, there. I'm glad I was right about that one. Not a big fan. No. He's not a cheater in my book. Panthers um, went down to uh, ten, to uh, New Orleans in a game that didn't matter. Backup first backup. Bridgewater got his first start in a while. It didn't go very well for New Orleans, but no. who cares? It's a tune-up game. I don't he's think they started anybody. He's probably not taking a lot of reps, honestly, especially with that guy Hill in there, probably eating more reps than a usual third-string quarterback would. So, And third-string really, kick returner and third-string. Yeah, I wasn't back. really surprised that Bridgewater didn't really shake the rust off there, especially because the other backup – 
had already been playing, but this game didn't really matter. I'm not worried about the Saints. They know what they're doing, and Peyton definitely knows what he's doing down there. That's Sean Peyton. I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about Peyton Manning. <laughs> um, but moving on to the next game, the Falcons win 34-32 to against Tampa Bay. Quinn's staying home. Are we getting some offensive coordinator firings? Yes. Yes, absolutely, and rightfully so. That team's really struggled. I mean, they put up points. This Again, this this game seemed a lot like the Lions game to me. Going on the road, finally putting up points like your offense is capable of doing. Um, the <coughs> Buccaneers on the other side there, their cutter's gone, and that makes sense. Um, I don't know what to expect from the Falcons anymore, man. They got Matt Ryan, really good player, uh, should be a really good player. Hasn't put up the numbers the last few years. Ah, he had a hell of a year this year. I know. In his MVP season. Not that they were winning numbers, but again, I don't blame Matt Ryan at all. He put up the numbers. I wonder, though, like, you but know. But that red zone. They can't um, score. The the unproductiveness in the red zone is, is, is a troubling thing, to say the That's least. That's kind of my thing. Like, I think they need to get maybe a Cliff Kingsbury at OC. That would I don't be know, huge. I, or maybe even make him your head coach. Just give him a boatload of money. That creativity alone is going to help you out. Just get a really good defensive coordinator in there. I don't know what OC wouldn't want to go, or like even anybody that maybe misses out on a head coaching job wouldn't want to go there with those ta- with that talent and those I players. I mean, would you rather coach the Falcons or the USC Trojans? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's gonna be an OC regardless. Either way, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I think, think it would be if he can get that offense cooking. I think he's a head coach within two years. Well, I think he's even getting off probably offers this year. I think that's the question: Does he want to be an established head coach in college and use the USC job as a parlay to that, or does he want to head into the NFL? In which case, he's absolutely going to need to go step his feet into the NFL. This well, might be a I great think, spot to do it. I would think that the quicker ticket to becoming a head coach in the NFL would be an OC because of the fact that he's only an OC at USC. Well, what I'm saying is, is like, does he? Would he rather? I don't know. What well, he's his, gotta wait longer if he stays at USC. But I don't know what his preference is. Like, I don't know if he wants NFL or if he wants college. If he yeah. wants college, stay at USC. If you want the NFL, head here. Especially, you're not gonna walk into a situation with a lot more offensive talent. Matt Ryan had the numbers. You're right. Had a really nice year. What I meant more from was winning. Didn't didn't do anything come crunch time. Didn't do anything in the red zone. It took until like week ten or eleven for everybody to throw up their hands because um, what's his name there? Uh, why am I drawing a blank? My boy from uh, USC. Oh, oh, who are I you mean talking from about? from Bam. I'm sorry, my. Uh, Oh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, for, that for him. That yeah. terrible so, radio, so folks. That was really just, bad. I'm sorry. Hopefully you stuck with us. Turn it off if you need to. Yeah, right. Sorry about that. And then, obviously, Julio Jones took him a while, too, to score. So, listen, it was an issue. Thing, a big game, James Shield, Matty Ice. Where do these nicknames come from, and how do they stick? How do <laughs> I get a super cool nickname for doing the exact opposite? That's a good question. Of, of, what I'm, of what my nickname is. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I guess that's for another pod on another day. Yeah. So let's move on to the next game. I pulled a Tom with my names there, man. Yeah, I good job, totally lost it. I'm not going to berate you like you do me because I'm a nice guy and I never make up anything about you or berate you. Um, never. The, <laughs> the Seahawks, As I got out of rehab. The Seahawks <laughs> went in to the playoffs with a W and the Cardinals went into the offseason with the first overall pick. I think this was a win-win for both teams. I absolutely agree with you. There's really not that much t- talent on the Arizona Cardinals and... Steve Wilkes hey, has gone after one year. That's weird. Yeah, no, that one made me scratch my head. But we'll talk about that in our next little segment. So what'd the you Rams, take from real, real quick, what would you take from Rosen's rookie year? We talked about a lot of the other rookie quarterbacks. What would you take from him? Honestly, Rosen's, because of how Lamar Jackson came on at the end and led his team to the playoffs, 
Rosen's was the most underwhelming. Am I a homer? How do you feel? Am I a homer with Darnold? Because I think Darnold had a way better finish. I think Darnold had a way better finish. And they're both. It's and you can't say Darnold had better talent. No, you can't. I do think though. I, I I'll you know when you talk about Lamar, he walked into a much better situation. That team's far better, and they played to his strengths. The thing that absolutely, I, but I think if you put Josh Rosen in that same situation as Lamar Jackson, well, he doesn't leave the, him the playoffs. The thing about Rosen and his question coming out of the draft and the you know what a lot of scouts were questioning was his durability. I mean, he's a fragile guy; always has been. A lot of concussions in his career at UCLA. Um, you know, got beaten and battered by his poor line in college, and you could kind of see that fragility. He definitely has the accuracy. He definitely has every makings that you want from a quarterback, but I don't think it's even close to say that you feel a lot better about Sam Darnold heading into next year than you do about Josh Rosen, but I'm, I, it's way too quick to see. Not at all. That team, I just think that team's really, if you really, really bad. Want, if you really want me to rank, rank them, I think Darnold had a better year. I'm not going to be completely biased. I think Baker Mayfield had head and shoulders the best year and opened up a lot of eyes. And second, I would probably put maybe Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson are neck and neck right there, and then Darnold and, and Rosen to finish it off. But I that always, doesn't make a career by any sense. No, I always felt coming out of that draft, I always thought Mayfield had the highest ceiling, but also the lowest floor. He could be a superstar, or he could just fizzle out. Trending towards superstar. Absolutely. I thought Darnold was the safest because he had... I look at Darnold, and I see a lot of Eli, and I see a lot of Big Ben, and I see a lot of Favre in his game, and in the good ways. You know, he's going to have his interceptions. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to make those plays that scratch your head. But he's also very capable of just flipping the script, turning the switch in two seconds, and then leading your team down for a fourth-quarter drive and making every play, scrambling around, and doing that. I looked at uh, Josh Allen as a guy who had the arm strength and the and the running ability to – create a lot of offense in Buffalo where it's really cold and there's a wind, a lot of wind whipping around. He can get the ball through that wind and he can run too when the, um, when the throwing conditions are bad. I looked at Lamar Jackson said, just put him in a good situation and he could really change the game as we've seen now in Baltimore. And I always thought Rosen was probably the most accurate, but was probably the lowest ceiling. I look at him and I saw a lot of car, a lot of Carson Palmer. Yeah, a lot of Sam Bradford. I think he's going to be healthier than Sam Bradford, but Sam Bradford never had a problem with accuracy. Can't be much healthier. It can't be much more unhealthier yeah. than, than yeah. Sam Bradford. So that's kind of you know didn't mean to go on that soliloquy, but I thought that's now another that we've off-season about- thing is to see who who else Sam Bradford robs. <laughs> that is a That's good one. another one. We Sam need Bradford another yeah. really moron GM. Um, okay, so now we're going to head over and talk about the Rams. They kicked the shit out of San Francisco, 48-32, in another tune-up game that they needed because they, like some of the other teams, had been struggling of late. Absolutely, and thank you to the Rams. Thank you to Indianapolis. Thank you to New England, and thank you to Dallas for making me 4-0 this week. Yes. Personal shout-outs. Thank you. Thank you to all of those those head coaches and those teams. But not the Steelers for their for your pick for them being in the playoffs. They fought, no, yeah. no. Fuck the Steelers. I'm, I'm done with them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, they got a big win, and going into a first-round bye, they can get – and Will had a really good point. He thinking Gurley's a little tired. Yeah, They I can heard get that. him rested. Yep, and this was this was a really good time. to. He really hasn't played, like Will said, in the last few weeks. Yeah, no, and, absolutely. And Rest you, his ass up. Dude, he's had – they've gotten a chance to play 
the two division rivals in the Cardinals and the 49ers to end their season. It was just like the Patriots being able to play the Bills and Jets. Just gift-wrapped, absolutely. Absolutely. Except the, except the Patriots get to do that every single season for the last 20 years, and the other teams will probably rebuild themselves No, the but I'm just talking years. about like in way to end the season yeah, and get no, yourselves absolutely. right. I'm that's just a saying good how depressing it. that is for the <laughs> AFC East. Uh, but moving on to the next game, Nick Foles, baby. He is back in the playoffs. Carson Wentz is a thing of the pl- past. He'll never play in an Eagles uniform again. Uh, you heard it here first. Nick Foles may go on a run. I don't know. Um, Is he going into Soldier Field and winning against that defense? I don't know. I may have a bold prediction about that. But they beat the Washington Redskins. 24 to nothing. I think the Josh Johnson era is uh, all but over. No. Do you really? Sounded like a nice guy, but... I Is mean, there a reason why 31 of 32 teams haven't picked him up in four years? I don't know, but he did win a couple games and keep them in the playoff on a lot longer than we predicted. So that game, you don't really have much else to say except the Eagles are back in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think Chris Long's shrine to Nick Foles is uh, is paying off because, yeah. again, man, with this, I mean, I know they got some help from the team that we'll talk about in a second, but, wow, I mean, what a run, and I tell you, if there's one you feel bad for the bears because the bears have had this great year and they're you know they're just handling business and they get a home playoff game the defense is you know soldier field's going to be rocking behind that defense and you have the man the myth the legend big of dick nick, nick Foles, Foles, baby coming into let's the get it um so let's move on to that that chicago bears team and in parentheses you wrote here Sean could not have been more wrong yeah, so about this pre- one. And we're referring to his MVP pick and I believe a Super Bowl pick yeah, as well. Yes. You pick them to lose to the Patriots if my memory doesn't deceive me. You would be correct, sir. They're yeah. not even going to the playoffs. They lose 24-10. to 10, And how much did Kirk Cousins make? $87 million guaranteed, I believe? I think it's it's either 80 or 80. It's a lot of money. <laughs> and I am glad that he did not take the Jets' offer of four years, $90 million, because he wanted to play on a playoff team. I can't wait to talk about that. Is this a playoff that, team, Sean? No, and uh, that's why I was happy to throw myself under the bus, because I could not have been more wrong about this. And, and I, I saw this you, one taking a turn and you mid-season, know what? A and lot they of, did not turn it back around. A lot of people saw this happening early on, and... You know, the only saving grace, at least for me to say, is at least Case Keenum didn't lead the Broncos to the playoffs. Because if that happened, I'd be looking even worse, which is hard to do with this one. But I wonder if Pat Shermer's departure made a difference. That offense never looked good. Remember, they fired DeFilippo, I believe it was after the week 14 or 15. And they had um, they now have their new OC in, who you for sure is going to get some um, get some calls for some jobs across the league. But wow, man, what an underwhelming team, and I should have known better. I've got to see Kirk Cousins play twice a year against my Giants for the last seven years, and every big game he played and he choked. I just thought, put you know, the Redskins, we know. We make jokes about them at their expense every single week. Yeah. They're horribly run. They're toxic. They're terrible. They're like one of the most, they're one of the least favorable organizations in all of sports. I thought, just get them out of there. Put them on a team that Wasn't was a, a playoff bad team. Thought. But I think it's safe I was overzealous to say, with the MVP. That's safe for sure. to say that you will not be picking Kirk Cousins as your MVP next year. <laughs> well, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't and, think so. Uh, this was, but in all seriousness, this was such a terrible year. Yeah, and if we were to recap, because we don't even really have to about the most disappointing team in the NFL the pa- this past season since now it's over, we don't even have to. It's the Minnesota Vikings. It's the Minnesota Vikings, and it's not close. And then what's up? How about the team that won? Because I didn't know if the Bears were actually going to try in this game. They had the number four seed locked up, 
Like they couldn't, they, they, they literally couldn't have done anything to ruin that. And you know what? They went for it just like the Cowboys did uh, in week 17. And that was, I think that gives them a lot more momentum. This is not a, a classic team like the Patriots who know how to play these games. This isn't a team that's been reeling of late and have to get themselves right a la the uh, you know, Chiefs and the Rams. This was a team that's been clicking on all cylinders, but I do think they didn't feel good about the way they played out in San Francisco, winning 14-9, and and there was a way to finish up their season in good form, knowing they were going to have to play the first round of a, game, of a playoff round at home. Good for them. They went in, and, and you know they loved ruining the Vikings season. And that's got to, you know, it's another thing to the NFL, just give them a quick shout-out. Well done scheduling all week 17 games as division games because it gives them those teams a little extra incentive to beat up on rivals, especially the Bears have been down lately, the Vikings have been up, and this was a good way to go into Minnesota and ruin their season. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we talk about the locals before we go through some of the firings because um, one of the locals' teams was involved in the firing. So the Jets went into New England and got smacked by the New England Patriots. Um Really tough way to see the season end, but hey, you know what? They locked up the, what, number three three overall pick. That Alabama left tackle's looking good. I'll take it all day. Build the offensive Did line. Did you see how the, he played on Saturday? He was just mauling. Yeah, people. build the offensive line from, from the draft and from, from within and, and have some homegrown guys, and then go out and get your skill position guys with all that 90 or whatever they have million dollars. It's like 98 million. It's crazy. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, And that's what I'm looking forward to, to look ahead to the Jets season. Patriots won. They should have won by a lot more. I'm nervous for the Patriots in the playoffs this year because they should have had two more touchdowns in this game. And Tom Brady missed some bad throws. Yeah, that really one to Hogan. I think it was the second quarter. I mean, he couldn't have been more wide open. Yeah, and, and he over he overthrew him by about 20 yards. But again, Patriots are in the playoffs. They have a first round bye. I mean, I've been watching this this terrible horror movie, this nightmare of a movie for the last 20 years of my life. And I'm only 24, so, <laughs> hey, the Yankees are good, and that's all I really that's have. That's all you've got. Um, St. John's did beat Marquette, number Ooh. 16 Marquette by 20 last night. Very everyone. nice. So I'm back on the bandwagon. Johnny's. Um, but the Jets, I mean, if you want to talk about their offseason, I'm excited for the draft. I really think they're going to go offensive line help this year. When you look at a head coach, I don't really want to talk about it yet because I think it's too early in the game. They just interviewed KC's OC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be an interesting one. They did interview Mike McCarthy. I'm starting to talk. Did they interview talk- him yet? I thought they had meet with him tomorrow. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. There, there's a talk of an interview. I'm, I'm starting to really look forward to that. Um, if Cliff Kingsbury finds his way over to, um, to wherever in New Jersey they are, um, I'd be Florham happy with Park. that. Florham Park, New Jersey. But listen, it's too early for me to speak on the Jets head coach. I'd rather them narrow it down and the, and then start make a few comments. Well, let's it's too a, early. Let's do a quick segment here on your, on your New York Jets because we are we should also do our little State of the Union of our local teams discussing what we're going to look for because, listen, man, this is reaction time. Our, the, our team seasons are over yeah. officially now. So I posed a couple questions in our show notes, and I think we should get to them. You, you just touched upon the coach. You're not sure who you want. If you had a preference, though, I gotta, I gotta pose the question: How could you do worse than Mike McCarthy? I mean, I'm here, starting to talk myself into it. Here's my thing it. with Mike McCarthy: You know, when you set a precedence for being really good, 
I think people across the league forget as to how important and great it is that you're relevant every year. Now, this is my question to Jet fans that don't want Mike McCarthy. Oh, he's an underachiever. If I were to tell you you're going to get a Super Bowl and you're going to be a 10-win team and a playoff team almost every single year, I'm sorry, what world do you live in where that's not acceptable? Absolutely. So I'll break it down into the into three things that I need the Jets to do. So it'll be draft, free agency, and coaching. Mike McCarthy, I'm really starting to talk myself into it. Again, with coaching, I have to really see when they narrow it down to their top three guys or whatever, and when those guys narrow it down to the Jets as being one of their top choices, because we're going down the list right now. There's eight head coaching jobs available so mm-hmm. far, right? and there could be more. We don't know, because uh, if you don't remember last year, the Tennessee Titans won a playoff game, and, and then fired, they fired yeah. their head coach, so... You really never know when it comes to the NFL. I think the coaches have the shortest leash of any team or of any league. Oh, I agree. Um, and I also think it's probably the toughest job with 53 grown men, and you got guys like AB on the on the Steelers losing his mind, and all these all these guys are characters, and and it's a different sport when it comes to football. So we'll hold off on the head coaching when it comes to the draft. Build the interior in the draft offensive line offensive line get Leonard Williams some help get your you corner. don't have a second round pick no you do not but listen you can get a defensive pass rusher in the third fourth round if you're gonna have to discover somebody but again you and you can get decent offensive linemen I want to get that guy from Alabama in the first round Jonah Williams. listen I've never jumped up and down when the Jets draft an offensive lineman in the first round. It's first, not of a all, sexy move. first of all, because they've never done it. They've got aside from Sam Darnold. Brickershaw is right, but aside from that and Sam Darnold, I think they've gone defense in every single draft since I've been born. So get get Leonard Williams some That's help. See what happens when you have a defensive head coach. Which I want an offensive head coach. Period. I want an offensive head coach, and I also want. I, I would like to see them build, uh, get Leonard Williams some help on that defensive line and get Jamal Adams a little bit of help in that secondary. Now, listen, Marcus May, second rounder last year, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl safety. He got hurt. Morris Claiborne, in and out of the lineup. He's always hurt, and Tremaine Johnson was hurt. One of the worst signings, too. He was horribly unproductive when he was playing. Exactly, but I think maybe he'll have a good second year. He's still young, but, again, maybe get a cornerback as well. So uh, I'd like to see them take some of the more the less sexy skill positions as you'd call it in the draft and then go in all in on skill players and use some of this cast space you got get Sam Darnold as much help as you can when it comes to free agency whether it be a Le'Veon Bell or if you take a flyer if Kareem Hunt cleans up his act and he serves his penalty whether it be a five game suspension even half the season go out and get him for really cheap and then go out and look at the wide receiver market and see what's out there as well because you have so much money and Robbie Anderson as your number one wide receiver and Elijah Elijah McGuire as your RB1 is not good enough to get Sam Darnold some wins period no and, and dude I totally agree with your assessment first of all from a head coach you need an offensive guy and if you don't get an offensive guy the NFL is an offensive league at this point everyone every single team in the NFL should have an offensive guy quote unquote if I were the if I were Chris Johnson and I was Mike McCagnan who we didn't discuss got to keep his job and I was a little surprised by that not because yeah, you've been clamoring for him to get fired well, since well, like week three well you know what it is man he 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 put all his chips to the table and got Darnold 
to me, he hasn't done anything different than Idzik. Idzik was given, you know, no time to see his plan through. And yeah, Idzik is the reason why this cap space is available in right. the first place. And the other thing, too, is clearly the Jets keep going through this situation where they have a head coach and they tell the incoming GM they have to keep the coach. Or then you have the you have the GM and then the GM you know, has to pick his coach, but the GM doesn't see it through because they're not on the same deal. And then, you know, the GM gets fired. And now you're going through this cycle again. It, what was interesting about Chris Johnson's press conference and, and talking about McCagnan saying was real quick. McCagnan said that him and Todd Bowles were on equ- even playing field, that they both reported to Chris Johnson. I don't like that. The head coach should be reporting to the GM. The GM should be talking to the owner about personnel decisions. Well, maybe some changes will be made if they go out and get a younger guy Listen, or something. This is I the- think McCarthy, they'll probably have the same deal. Yeah, well, unfortunately, but, but, but that may be have to be part of it. But I think that will have to be part of it because you're not going to get a guy like McCarthy if, if all jobs are equal. You're going to have to do something to separate. I will tell you, in a perfect world, if I were a Jet fan, and I do root for the Jets. There's, it's always, it sucks when the when New York's both the teams blow. Um, I think a perfect situation for you guys: hire Mike McCarthy, and have him hire somebody named Marvin Lewis as the defensive coordinator. Because Marvin Lewis, not a big fan of him as a head coach, but you have to remember first of all. That Cincinnati Bengal team was about as bad as the Cleveland Browns job was when he took over. And that team, although they were constant underperformers, were always were about a playoff team every year for Very a few relevant. years. And he was the engineer of that 2000 Ravens defense. And Bengals, they might have had a lot of discipline issues, but they always had a pretty good defense. I think he could rein in that defense. And especially if you have Mike McCarthy as your head coach, tutoring Sam Darnold working with him, hoping you get even, I'm not going to say he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but just get a little bit of success. If you if he could be, you know, half or three, you know, 75% Quarters. of what, <laughs> of what Aaron Rodgers was, that would be incredible. Um, looking at the, looking at the draft, would you be willing to trade down? Because here's my question. I think we're in agreement that Jacksonville's going to make a run at a Joe Flacco, trade for a quarterback, or sign a free agent Get because that team's ready. some of those picks back but that you gave to Indy for Darnold? Yeah, I would absolutely be willing to trade What if they call back. you and they see Dwayne Haskins and they know the Giants are sitting there at six? No other team, because I don't think the Raiders are drafting a quarterback, to be honest with you. They're, that team has so many holes, and I'm really interested to see if there's any possible way they could trade that, that, that salary of Derek Carr's. After I, this season, I don't they, see much. No. So would they – you're not looking at any other team to take quarterback. Jacksonville might want to jump the Giants because they're drafting below them and say, we're going to give you our first-round pick in a second or or a third. I think that's something you got to do because I think Jonah's going to be available. I don't know if he's going to be available – if you go down to if you go down to seven or eight, wherever Jacksonville's picking, but you're gonna this is an offensive line and defensive line dominant draft, and we all know Nick Bosa's going one. Then Listen, you have if, Josh Allen, who who just balled out in Kentucky's bowl game yesterday. If they, if they can get the themselves a second rush. round pick as well or two firsts, I mean, I'll take it in a heartbeat. Because of it, because listen, there's a lot of good offensive linemen in this draft, as you said, and and some defensive guys that can rush the passer. Well, I think Josh Allen is. I I mean, if you got him, I know you said you've gone defense every year, but he he's a game changer. You put him on that defensive line, and you're wreaking havoc. So yeah. either one, um, and then you talked about you know look at the look at the free agent market, sign some skill position players to to help out, uh, Darnold, hopefully around a better and more improved offensive line. Look at the trade market. The Jets can be creative here, man. You know what? They're, I'm looking at an A.J. Green possibility. He's got one year left with the Bengals. 
that team might be willing to blow it up, as you said, um, under a new head coach. Who knows what they're going to do? And maybe they could sell him off for a third third round pick or something, or or a fourth round pick, and then maybe a future pick in the following draft. Look at dare I say an Antonio Brown if things are going nuts. You have traded for troubled Steeler wide receivers before in San Antonio Holmes, and that actually worked out for you for yep. a year or two. It took you to an AFC Championship game. I mean, you're going to have guys around the market. Remember, the Jets traded for Brandon Marshall two years, three years ago. Yeah, four definitely. years ago. Actually, you're, you're getting me really excited. So here. maybe and I like your head coach and all and uh, defensive coordinator. I think that's a dream situation. I don't think it's going to happen. No, but I don't that's think a dream so either. But everything you're saying, I don't hate any of it. I'll put it to you that way. But listen, the season just ended this past week, so why don't we jump into some Giants talk? Because we're going to have a long time. And I don't want to get too excited because the NFL playoffs haven't even started. And I only have one spare pair of pants. And I'm saving that for the Machado <laughs> signing. There you go. Okay, so All let's right. not get me too excited That's here. That's fair, yeah. And and we are sitting across the table from each other. Right yeah, now. So, All exactly. Right. Um, but, yeah, so let's talk about those New York Giants. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I was going out of my mind as after Eli throws a pick and then fumbles in his first two possessions – he started going nuts and putting up points. Saquon had a couple incredible runs. Evan Ingram had a sighting. He had a big day for the first time in God knows he's how had, long. He's had a good couple games. Yeah. I, I, yeah, this was by far the first one where you're like, wow, Evan Ingram's back. And then Sterling Shepard had a really nice day. Um, honestly, the offense was doing everything they could to win this game. I was, quick sidebar, shocked that Dallas was trying to win this game. And they did. And they did. And... As I'm losing my mind saying, oh, this fucking team is going to cost me, you know, cost them a couple rounds or a couple spots in this draft. Thank God the defense got the memo because they fucking sucked. And give it to Dak Prescott. He converted a fourth and 15 um, for a touchdown. They got the two-point conversion. I mean, that giant defense was terrible anyway, but with Landon Collins out, it's just been atrocious. This was the second straight week that Eli and the offense looked really good and the defense blew it late. The Colts did it That's to him in Week man. 16, and That's honestly, fine. that was fine. So thank God the Giants lost. Um, they finished the season 5-11 and and with the sixth pick overall because of all the other configurations and, and outlines of how other 5-11 and teams worked out. The Giants, I think their lack of division wins helped. I think they only won one division game. So I'll um, ask you the same question that you asked me. We'll break it up into three, although you're in a much different coaching situation than the Jets. Free agency, what do you want to see? Draft, what do you want to see? And then coaching, what did uh, instead of saying what do you want them to do, what did you think of the first year of this combo of Gettleman and uh, what's his and face? Shermer? Shermer. Whatever. I thought it was okay. I mean, Gettleman came out today and said two noteworthy things. He said that if he was given the same chance for Saquon Barkley, he would have done it 100 times before and 100 times after. So, obviously, just from a talent perspective, he hit a home run on that because Saquon's incredible. Yes. And then... I thought Shermer was okay. I, 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 the jury's still out. They did a horrible job closing games, but I, I think that they were absolved of a lot of talent to do that. I think that their defense was just so bad that they couldn't. They couldn't. Their offense got better. I don't know whether you know that was because he was giving up play calling duties to, to Mike him, Shula. To give the team and him a little credit. When they cut flowers and they made those offensive line moves, that team got a little bit better. Yeah, when they picked up Brown, that's a good point. When they picked up Brown, too, from the Rams, who was cut, he really helped fortify that. I would not by any stretch Give call this GM offensive. Give your GM and the coach a little credit. Yeah, I wouldn't call this offensive line good by any no, stretch, but, but it got better. And, and the other thing, too, is they played really well out of the bye. 
They, you know, they they won the San Francisco game. They won the Tampa Bay game. They should have won that Eagle game. Um, and they, they really the only game that they got trounced was that Tennessee game. Eli looked a lot better. I think you can. It's obvious as we've talked this to death this NFL season. It's obvious that he's capable of playing well enough to win you games. Is he a Super Bowl level quarterback anymore? I really don't think so. But I think that he's more than fine with starting the season one more time and going into the draft. This is what I want to talk about because this yes. is the most Hell important thing. Eli Manning starting quarterback. Fine. This How is many the times year, are you going to pound the table with this your This is the year. Cup? I'm very excited about this topic. I've been <laughs> chomping at the bit. This is the time to finally take the quarterback of the future. Oh, God. Because if you ask the Giants and gave them truth serum, there's no way they thought they were going to be 5-11 and this year. They clearly built the team to be a playoff contention team, right? And they took Saquon Barkley because they were finally giving them a running game. So the difference between this year and last year, with the exception of you know actually having a head coach and new GM in place, they have a transcendent, possibly Hall of Fame running back. The offensive line gives you a lot more hope than it did last year. Odell is not recovering from a serious injury. He's had this quad, but I think it was more precautionary that he didn't play. And Eli actually showed that if you give him some time, he can play well. But... He's going into the last year of his deal. He's 38 years old in a couple days. You're now, birthday, you're now drafting sixth when you didn't think so. Dwayne Haskins is the pick that the Giants have to make. Whoa. Because I watched the Rose Bowl intently last night. And I've watched, I mean, Dwayne Haskins threw 50 touchdown passes this year. And he had a really good year. The Big Ten does play defense, and Washington, as much as we thought they were a Fugazi team in the Pac-12, that team didn't suck because their defense was bad. That offense is just putrid. Jake Browning was bad. Dwayne Haskins lit it up yesterday. Very accurate passer. Really does well in the pocket. And now were you I wearing don't... pants during this game or no? I'll, I'll leave that you know for another for time. For the imagination. <laughs> That's right. Um, but, no, I think that if you put him in a situation right now, I don't – I don't know how good he is, but if you put him behind Eli, let him learn the NFL, the the offense that Shermer runs is a very comparable offense to that of Urban Meyer. Now, Haskins is not fast. He's not your typical, you know, running around quarterback make plays happen. He's a pocket passer, but he's very, he's very shifty in the pocket and can move and throw the ball out of the pocket. I obviously love Tua. I obviously love Fromm. I liked Herbert a lot, although Herbert was god-awful in his bowl game. None of those guys are going to be available this year. And you cannot go into a final season with a 38-year-old quarterback, unless you're Tom Brady and the Patriots, basically because Brady told you you can't, without a plan to take over. Because if you're taking any bit of momentum from this season, the Giants are at least a seven-win team next year. The division was one with what did Dallas have 10 wins nine ten. wins yeah but, but they, they were didn't need it they didn't need it I mean they were you know you don't look at the Cowboys and be like oh that team's running running it for the next few years you know and then you don't look, you look at Philly and who knows what their quarterback situation is going to be um you obviously Washington's a train wreck and the Giants have a lot of talent on that team so you build up an offensive line you take your quarterback this is the opportunity let him sit for the year or if they're out of contention late bring him in he has he is walking into a situation where he's going to have Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley. 
there's not a lot of guys that can go in there unless you're Pat Mahomes who walked into that. Now he's definitely not Pat Mahomes. I would never say that, but I think he's the safest quarterback. He's an accurate quarterback. That is the offense that Shermer runs. He converted Case Keenum, you know, using his accuracy, rolling him out different sides of the pocket around a lot of skill position players into a playoff winning quarterback. I think that has to be the move. They have other areas of need, but you can't go into another year where Eli Manning is your only line of defense. And I don't want to hear about them trading for a guy, even though I like him and I made the jokes about Nick Mullins, because they're not going to suck enough next year to be in the Tua sweepstakes. And if you don't like, if you're not getting Tua or you're not getting Fromm or you're not getting Herbert, there's really no point. So it's Haskins if he's available. If not, if you like another quarterback, like a Drew Locke, like an like a Jones from Duke, or a Will Greer, do that only if you really believe him. I mean, there's a lot of moves for them to make in free agency. Continue to beef up this offensive line, and please get some defense. Landon Collins, I think they're going to give him the franchise tag. He said he won't fight it. Just get some players in the defense that can stop the passing game and maybe get a pass rusher in there because Vernon's all but gone. And then just get another add another piece or two in the offensive line. That's really my hope. So you think Olivier Vernon's probably traded, and you think I what think about, they cut him because they're going to get a third or a fourth. What about Janoris? I, th- I think they're going to try to trade him. If they can't, they'll cut him. They won't get as much for him, but they're going to have draft picks because they they were able to get a fourth rounder for Eli Apple and a fifth rounder for Snacks. They're going to have options. This is a this it might be a blessing in disguise, dude. I I was obviously pounding the table saying they can't. I can't believe they didn't take a quarterback last year. Maybe this is a, maybe this is the best case scenario. You you now have a chance to take a quarterback because you're drafting in the top ten again. How many times are you going to waste an opportunity to take the heir apparent? You can't have Eli as your only line of defense. You just can't because so you're going to be searching for for years. I guess you really don't want to see the Jets trade up or the Jaguars trade up with the Jets. I don't. Although I because I think you know. The Raiders are a bit of a threat just because they're such a wild card. I don't know what they're going to do. And I think the Jags are a threat, but I think that team is just so ready to win now. I don't know if you could tell that team that went to the AFC Championship last year that they're going to have to start over with a rookie quarterback. I think they have to go get somebody with some level of proven success. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I could even see Derek Carr being on there, or David or whatever. Is Derek Carr, yeah. yeah. So who? So honestly, who knows? I know that was a long speech, but that's really what I think they got to do, man. I mean, I'm glad you're still looking up. You have to. You got to hope. You you got to hope that they finally say this was this wasn't the plan. Obviously, the the plan was to be a playoff team and, and contend for a Super Bowl. But maybe they lucked into this. Maybe this awful season showed a couple things down the stretch. The fact that they lost that game point directions, get the quarterback, develop the quarterback. Who better to sit behind than Eli for a year, especially if Eli's good enough to win you some games. Maybe you're a playoff team next year and Eli rides off into the sunset and then Dwayne Haskins takes over in 2020 with a really good, with a more improved offensive line and skills positions across the board. There you go, man. I'm glad you're looking at it from the bright side. So let's go over some coach firings. We mentioned them all already. In my opinion here, there was a few guys that were well-deserving of being fired, although I don't like to tell other people they deserve to be fired. They have families and whatever else they got going on, probably <laughs> addiction somehow. But Yo. Uh, <laughs> some other vices, I guess I meant to say there. Um, I, but, like I, I saw some of them in rehab. We're, we're <laughs> good, good. Yeah. I'm glad you hung out with them. Um, again, some guy. coaches deserved it. Some, I think it was a little premature. 
So number one, we had Vance Joseph. In my opinion, I would put this as premature. I would too. And I would also think that John Elway needs to be penalized and that he is kind of a holding on to the Super Bowl that he won with Peyton Manning and an incredible defense and Brock Osweiler. Um, and he's going to have that forever. And I don't know how long he's going to be the GM or the president of football operations or whatever his title is there, but he's not good at drafting quarterbacks. I think that's very obvious. And I think that I think that uh, Vance Joseph needed a little more time. You look at the coach in San Diego. Um, his name's deceiving me right now. Um, but he, he oh was, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. He was terrible last year. And I know we like to rag on the on the San Diego Chargers. They still don't have a kicker. Los Angeles Chargers to you. <laughs> yes, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, but he's much improved this year, and they had a great year. Yeah. So I, I think that these coaches need a little bo- bit more time. Moving on to the next guy. Marvin Lewis. This is a guy that didn't need a little bit more time. I believe he coached there <laughs> 16 for 16 years. 16 years, yes. Um, that team had talent across the board in a lot of years. Again, locker room was tough. Vontez perfect. Pac-Man Jones, I could go up and down the team. There was a lot of guys there that were probably a handful to deal with. Let's put it this way. If there was a guy in the league that got suspended for domestic violence or assault... He was going to sign in two places because you had a door wide open for him. The Washington Redskins or the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, or the Jets or the Cowboys uh, down down below that. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. Right there, if there was an arrest record of something, they probably looked at those two teams. But he kept the team relevant, and, again, you said he built up the team, but it was just time. It's time. It was time to go. It's time after 16 years. It's time for guy. Unless you're Belichick, it's time for any guy. I mean, as much as I loved Coughlin, it was time for him to go. Message got stale. I mean, if you have a normal career, if you're at a job for 16 years, people raise their eyebrows now. So, I mean, that team it, reeked of mediocrity. It was definitely time for him to go. Don't know if it was all his fault, but it was. A, it was a, a large majority. After a while, man. I mean, him and his quarterback Andy Dalton were just emblematic of themselves, of each other, rather. I mean average and I think you know he was a big guy as far as you know wanting to maintain player coach relationships and be friends there obviously was no severe penalties or punishments about their guys well you know who's not friends with their players Bill Belichick exactly you know what who they call him coach they don't call him a friend yeah yeah absolutely so moving on to number three and this one I'm a little bit caught in between because he wasn't coached there for very long and he got put in a tough sticky situation and that's Adam Gates wasn't given much talent, and then the little bit of talent that he had there was kind of taken away from him in Jarvis Landry and Sue. And the quarterback there wasn't great, but I think it's just time for the Dolphins overall to push the reset button. Yeah, I think what I took away from this was I can see your point for sure, but he was supposed to be this offensive guru when he got the job in Chicago. Now, given he had Jay Cutler twice in Chicago, and then he pulled him out of the broadcast booth to coach to quarterback last year for the Dolphins and he's had Ryan Tannehill certainly nobody that I would say yeah you can be you can be really good with those guys but he was supposed to be this innovative offensive mind that you know did a lot of quirky things gimmicky stuff made just had a great scheme and system I didn't see that in either destination and eventually you know to me I don't think he deserves a job over Todd like if, if it came down to Todd Bowles and him I don't think that Adam Gase is any more deserving of a job than Todd Bowles. Especially when you're on your second job. Next guy moving on down the line is a guy who obviously needed more time. This made no sense. Um, Steve Wilkes in Arizona. You're going to hire the guy for one year. And again, 
this wasn't his fault. Let's look at the GM here who gets to keep his job, which doesn't make any he sense He was in to prison me. earlier this year, the GM. Oh, good Lord. I forgot about that. Remember that DWI he got? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, again, maybe maybe the not, not the best decisions were made there. I think that he's got a good head coaching career ahead of him. It's going to take a while to get back, especially because you have the stain on you of only being a head coach for one year, and then you get canned. Too early. Way too early. He was a successful coordinator and a hot commodity coming out of uh, Carolina, and this made no sense. I mean, dude, you, you totally right. Absolved of any talent. Team was atrocious. You have a rookie quarterback playing. Remember, they gave. You want to talk about that one GM? Well, I guess when you're GMing from prison, it's a little, it's a little harder because he did give Sam Bradford the keys to the cart to start the season. Yep. And then went to a guy in Josh Rosen who clearly wasn't ready to play. He had some couple good games here and there, but defensively really bad. Offensively, not much talent with his side of obviously Larry Fitzgerald, the ageless and one. David Johnson. And David Johnson had a nice year, but. That team's really bad. I don't know how you can it's give... the least a, talented team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, even the Raiders had a little bit more talent. We argued, too. I mean, it was like, was it Buffalo, Arizona, Oakland? I mean, all three teams were really bad, but I, I, I can't... You can't hire a guy. I mean, who wants to... Ta- I know somebody's going to take the job because there's only 32 of them out there, but you're putting yourself in a terrible situation. What, a te- what an awful job. I hope this guy finds himself in a good position, whether it's head coaching or, or a top coordinator, because he's he'll be a coordinator. He's got a good promise, promising career ahead of him, and that's just a really bad job by a really bad franchise. Absolutely. So moving on to the next one, this is a franchise that fires guys like Tony Dungy uh, right before a Super Bowl and John Gruden after winning a Super Bowl. Not that he's my favorite guy, but wasn't really surprised at this firing, and I think this was uh, a mutual parting of ways, I would call it, and that's Dirk Cotter in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and remember, don't forget, they hired Lovey Smith, and within a year they canned him So for Dirk Cutter. So clearly they like to turn coaches over. It's hard. This makes me really question like how stable is, is, uh, is, this, is Jameis' situation because he's worried about a coach leaving every year but this team underperformed they obviously don't have an answer at quarterback this yeah, guy this was yo-yoing great, between Fitzpatrick and Winston this isn't a great franchise I don't think Fran, I don't think Winston's a franchise quarterback but this isn't the best franchise as a young quarterback that you want to play for either no I, I think the jury's out still with him I mean there were reports saying that they were going to keep him I don't know if that was before I think they made the him. report that I don't think Cutter was leaving but either way yeah I agree with you I don't think they have a choice but Cutter, it was time, in my opinion, for him to go because that team just was undisciplined and they weren't good. They had a couple, like, sneaky wins. Like, for some reason, they just have New Orleans' number, but they didn't do well against everybody. It was like every every week we were picking games, dude, they were like an 8-point underdog, 9-point underdog. If that's how people look at you, and even some of those were at home, then clearly you're not a, you're not a very good team that people think, and it's time to move on again. Absolutely. So the next guy we got up is Mike McCarthy slash. We've already talked him to death. So Joe Philman and this Packers team sucked. What else do you have to say? And I don't really have any confidence in him as a head coach after what he's done in the past. He really shouldn't. And the only reason he came back was because he's a Mike McCarthy disciple. You know, he went to Miami and that was a train wreck. Um, and then went back to Green Bay as, as a coordinator and yeah, I, I don't there's no, there's nothing about him that that says, "Oh boy, I can't wait to keep him." Next up is Todd Bowles, and Todd Bowles, I think honestly, I think he's going to be a good head coach somewhere. 
in the future. Do you? Great defensive coordinator. But my thing is this. I think that he's a really good defensive mind, um, and I respect him as a head coach and and seemingly as a guy. I don't really know him. He's welcome on the pod. But when you lose their locker room, the way he lost the locker room, it's time to move on. So this they is, didn't give him the most talent. No, and I mean, listen, he could have made the playoffs in I think his first 15, year, ten and six. Um, if it wasn't for Ryan Fitzpatrick melting down and throwing four interceptions in the fourth quarter against the goddamn Buffalo Bills, four. But you heard guys, a la Darrell Revis, who take what you want, but he's an all-time Jet, and he said. They were not prepared to play that game. Yep, you're right about that, and I did hear that. So, other, I don't know. I I, I don't. I'm not. I, I think that was he, it time for him to go. It was time for him to go, but I think that I don't. I don't put him in the same category as a Dirk Cotter, as a as a Marvin Lewis, as a guy who may never get a head coaching job again. No, I don't think so either. I think if he has success and he and he goes somewhere and builds up a good defense, there's going to be another you know destination for him. The, what I'd like to talk about with Bowles is this, and I've gone back and forth. I mean, they definitely haven't given him enough talent, so it's really it's hard to say that. But we went into the season, and what did we say? I don't care about the wins. I don't really give a shit about standings. You're starting the literally the youngest quarterback ever to start a week one game. You're giving him the keys to the car. It's the penalties. It's the constant undisciplined play. The shooting themselves in the foot. The not able to generate momentum. And they've had some sneaky games. I mean, they kicked the shit out of Indianapolis this year. They've had a couple other years where they, I mean, last year I thought was actually an impressive year. I mean, they played pretty well with Josh McCown. And yes, you can say Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, and a 21-year-old rookie quarterback, how much are you going to succeed? Because everybody knows you need the quarterback in the league to win. That's not really my thing. I don't think Bowles this year was ever going to be judged off wins or losses. But when I watch Jet games, like you said, you quit in the locker room. They're undisciplined. You that game, I think what did him in was when they played the Bills in New York, in New Jersey rather, and it was like Matt Barkley just lit them the fuck up. And that's what did it. And, and you can't lose games like that because at that point the Bills were starting Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley and Nathan Peterman and they put up forty four points and whatever on the Jets and I, I, I just think that when you cultivate a situation like that where every again a lot of people said we love coach bowls he's such a great guy he's such a great guy he's such a great guy that's fine but you know who's not a great guy as you said before mr bill belichick people call belichick coach they don't call him you know they don't call him bill so I think with with Bowles is he's a really nice guy, and I think he needs to be a little bit more of a disciplinarian. I mean, we listened to the Michael K. show out in New York, and he did a weekly spot every Monday and would constantly say, yeah, we can't continue to make these mistakes. We can't continue to make these mistakes. It's on me. It's on me. And then on Sunday, they do the same shit. I mean, I think that Titan game, too. I mean, they played well enough to beat the Titans, and somehow the Titans came back and won that game only because the Jets just did everything they could from a penalty standpoint to lose. And that's bad coaching. That's either not having respect for your head coach on the field, not being scared of your head coach or worried about being disciplined. I know it's a young team. I know you're going to make mistakes, but you can't do that all the time. There's a lot of young teams that that don't do that and get a little bit more out of themselves. And I think it was definitely time for Todd Bowles to go. Not his fault with the talent, but definitely his fault with the way that those with the way his personnel played. Because you don't have to be talented to be disciplined. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- it was definitely time for him to go. So that about wraps up the normal part of our show. We're going to keep doing picks, though. Why not? I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, I guess I'll throw in... Uh, no, nah, Spurman Bank's a regular season thing. I'm going to leave it be. And thank you got to end on Rivers. a high note, too. Yeah, thank you to Phil Rivers for that, but we're just going to make the traditional... Tradi- <clears throat> Sorry there. We're just going to make the traditional picks. Very um, choked up about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous for this one just because, you know, I am, uh, what, 9-3 and three since I started taking this serious. Oh. So, uh, this is my first time looking at these lines, so why don't we go over the games. First game we have on Saturday, uh, this is the Invitational for the Houston Texans, and that is the Houston Texans at home against the Indianapolis Colts, and they are favored by... One and a half points. That is a close one. Houston not getting any respect at home. The Colts, if you look at this, are actually favored by two and a half points by Vegas if because uh, the home team usually gets three just by default. This is an interesting one. How do you feel about this? Ooh, this one's tough. Uh, this one's tough. Um, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts on, on the road. I think they're just the more talented team, and I know I shouldn't say that because the Texans did win the division, but... I think the Colts' highest has been a lot more impressive than the Texans' highest. And I love Deshaun Watson. I picked him as my MVP in the AFC. Yeah, it doesn't look like I'm getting that one either. But he did have a really nice year, under the radar, really nice year. But I just love the way Andrew Luck's playing. Comeback player of the year for sure, no? No, 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 lock for that. Yeah, absolute lock for that one. I don't even know if there's anybody else close to that. Um, I love this offensive line. The Colts can move the ball on the ground, and they can move the ball through the air. Complete agreement with you here. Point. Give me the point and a half and give me the Colts. Cool deal. Absolutely. So let's move on to the next game. We have your favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, at home. What's against- up, Will? It's playoff time, buddy. <laughs> yeah, let's see Let's see how Jason Garrett does now, that fucking clapper. Um, so the Dallas Cowboys are at home, and again, they are favored by only one and a half points against the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think, friend? This is the game I wrestled with the most just thinking about it. And I've listened to a lot of people smarter than me talk about this game from the you know early get-go's. We're midweek here and a couple of days away. Every bit of my fiber wants to pick the Seattle Seahawks on the road. But I am actually going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys at home are a different team. Again, I am in lockstep with you. I think Cooper has a big game, and I think Zeke has an absolutely monster game. I think Seattle, because of Russell Wilson's magic, is going to completely keep this game at hand. But I tell you what, if there's a couple games that I look at and say those were impressive and made me pick this game, because I know the Cowboys are chokers. I know they lose at home. I know they do this every time, but... That game against New Orleans in Dallas, it wasn't just that they won. They slowed down the most prolific offense in the league at that time. Then, this past Sunday, honestly, if they rested their guys, I think I'm picking Seattle in this game. I know the Giants' defense blows, and I know the Giants are finishing with the number 6 overall pick, but the Dallas Cowboys won that game. They stole that game from the New York Giants. They played. Dak really impressed me. They did it without Zeke. They found a tight end, the name's escaping me, but it looked like he was the next Jason Witten. I don't know whether it's just because Giants can't cover tight ends or what, but he looked great. I like the mojo the Cowboys have, and they're home. That's huge to me. I think they're going to get this game. I think so, too, and I think it's going to come down to 
Jason Garrett and clock management, and he's been coaching really well the past few weeks, and maybe he maybe it just took him a long time. Maybe he figured it out. I see Brett Meyer drilling a field goal to win the game. Yeah, I don't. I think they figure out the clock management. They hold on to that timeout, unlike Will's past stories on the most recent pod that he was on, and I think that they figure it out. And, Will, this is not a ploy to fuck with you. Trust me. I would not be upset if the Cowboys lost. Not at all. But I'm telling you, I don't know how you can say – you know, definitively that based off of what they've done really since Thanksgiving, that they're not a team that gives you encouragement. I'm not going to say they're going to go on a run, but I think they get this game. Seattle's had a really good year. They did so much better than anybody. Pete Carroll might be coach of the year. Young defense reinvented it. Russell Wilson's great, but I just think I like Dallas in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm feeling Dallas too. All right, so let's move on to the AFC other game that we have going on here. This is the Sunday 1 o'clock game. Sunday 1 o'clock, we have the Baltimore Ravens at home favored by 2.5 against my Los Angeles-San Diego Chargers. In this game for me. And his nine kids. Los Angeles-San Diego Chargers, you know I got to take them if I'm putting them in the Super Bowl plus two and a half. You have to. Even after they lose this game, I'm going to take them again, even <laughs> though they're not playing anymore. Give me the San Diego That's Chargers. Conviction. I think that they're going to get pressure on Lamar Jackson like he hasn't seen before, and I think that they are going to throw, throw, throw. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I knew you would, and, and honestly, my heart, my heart says Chargers, but my head says Ravens. You know what? And I don't think you're wrong with the Chargers. I mean, they had they have had such a good year, and Rivers has had an incredible year, helping out you with your sperm bank. And and honestly, there's a lot to love about the Chargers, but there's also a lot to question. The head coach, he's unproven. Phil Rivers has not won many big games in his career, and they don't have a kicker, and they never do. And if this game is close and comes down to field goal kicking – can't you just see them losing by two because they missed two extra points? Lamar, that would be brutal. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Also, they you don't know the status of of uh, Keenan Allen and, and how healthy he's going to be. I'm sure he's going to play, but I don't know how healthy and explosive he's going to be with that hip issue. Lamar Jackson has done nothing but win and control this team, including that Saturday night in week 15. Was it 15 or 16? At... The Los Angeles Chargers. Makes so, me nervous. As a result, and the way that defense is flying around, the Chargers have to fly across the country, play at 10 a.m. their body clock in Baltimore. That's a tough game, and I like the Ravens. All right, so let's move on to the final game. This is at 4:40 on Sunday, and I would say this is probably the marquee game. It's up there. I mean, all of these games, even that shitty first Saturday game, is actually is actually somewhat appealing. Yeah, so. they're definitely, especially because it's a division rival. So right. that's what makes it really interesting. But we are looking at the Chicago Bears at home, favored by six against the Philadelphia Eagles. You already know where I'm going in this one. I do. Not only am I taking the Eagles to cover, I'm going to take them to win. And I'm going to look really stupid come on Monday when we do our uh, rundown pod, but... You know what? I just think Big Dick Nick's going to go in there, have that playoff mojo again. The Eagles secondary have somewhat figured it out. I think they're going to stifle Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that Nick Foles doesn't make mistakes. And Not come this time of year, apparently. He doesn't make mistakes, and that's what the Bears do. 
I think they led the league this year in interceptions. And that has a lot to do with the pressure that they generate on the quarterback. If he can get those short to intermediate throws done and rely on Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and Nelson Aguilar, I think this Eagles team can win this game. I think they can win this game. And would I be surprised if they if we come in on that Monday pod and you actually look like a genius instead of a clown? No, I certainly don't want that. But I could see it happening, but I'm not going that way. The Bears are at home, and six is a big number in the postseason. Big, even at home. So that means that they probably think, you know, that this is this is a game that's even closer. <laughs> this is about a three-point game. Yeah. Um, but I'm going with the Chicago Bears. They have proven me wrong all year. I don't think a lot of Trubisky still, but he just continues to shit on me. He's making up for my Kirk Cousins pick. Um, so he, you know, he's he's doing that to me. I really like the way Trubisky plays because he doesn't have to do a lot, and he's capable of making big plays. That defense is the best defense I've seen in the league in a while. I mean, they fly around. It. We, everybody talks about Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and that pass rush, well, you know what? They're secondary. Eddie Jackson, Prince of Mucamara, former Giant, who's won a Super Bowl. They're, they've had an incredible year. And Nick Foles suffered a little bit of a chest issue, came out of that game a little bit in, in Washington, and they're given that mirage that they're ready to do it again. I just can't see it. I think this is a game that's just too tough for them and the Bears are going to win in Soldier Field, and they're going to cover this spread. I see them winning by a touchdown and an extra point, maybe to 10. All right, well, there you go. And uh, finally, what I want to do, guys, is just make a quick plug. Um, The Third Floor Podcast and uh, Victor does a really good job talking some sports um, and all other things as well. Um, he shouted us. He shouted us out a little bit ago, and every I really enjoy listening to his pod. He made his NFL picks as well, and he's going to give that to you on his most recent edition of his of his podcast. So give it a check out. You can find it on Anchor. You can find it on Apple and wherever you else you get your podcast. The Third Floor Podcast. Give it a listen. It's really good, and uh, see what his NFL picks are. Yeah, let's see if he's smarter than us. Probably so. <laughs> um, but. So we will be back on Monday. Hopefully my Manny Machado jersey comes in the mail. I had it made custom. Did you get your Troy Tolowitzki jersey yet? No, I did not because I think he will. I think it'll be a waste of money. I think he's going to get cut. Waste of $550,000 because that's what he's making. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we will be back to talk about that and hopefully Manny Machado and many other things on Monday. Your Johnny's? St. John's, everything. UConn opens up conference play tonight at South Florida. Everything uh, sports uh, except for football. So we will be back on Monday, guys. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy these games. Absolutely, guys. Take care.